News. W2PN, Pinellas Park. God is concerned that while we wait for him, we think properly about him. That we understand. And, and this is a good word for us because some of us get discouraged. Some of us uh, have somewhat lost hope. You know, we've heard so much about Christ's return that we're not really excited about it. And we just sort of think, well, it'll happen someday, but um, that's, that's so far off. I don't. No, no, no. We are to remember that it is a reality. It is a reality. Jesus could come back at any time, but he has chosen not to come back yet to give us the opportunity to be saved. Understand that, that his delay reveals his patience, his mercy. It ought to evoke praise from you. And, and thankfulness to God, not a questioning of, why do I have to go through this? Think about somebody other than yourself. You're going through this and not translated to heaven right away because God is being patient to save other people, the elect. It is easy to succumb to a sort of lifeboat syndrome. That's when several people are in a lifeboat and there is plenty of room for more, but they let the people around them drown. They get so wrapped up in their own survival that they not only forget the people who are in the same situation from which they just escaped, they do everything they can to keep them out of the boat. They worry that the others will sink the boat or somehow endanger them, and they just row away. It's rare that we actively try to keep people from coming to Christ, but a passive attitude toward the eternal fate of others is just as culpable. Lord, don't let us row away in a half-empty lifeboat. Welcome to Verse by Verse, a daily radio Bible class led by Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve has been serving at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida since 1981. For the past few weeks, we have been studying the third chapter of 2 Peter. Our topic is the return of Christ, and today's lesson is the conclusion of that series. If you like to read along in your own Bible, we'll begin by reading from 1 John chapter 3 before we get back to 2 Peter. Now, here is Pastor Steve. People ask that all the time. Well, what will we be like and, and how will it be in the future? Uh, God has not revealed a great deal about that. We can trust that it's going to be wonderful because Scripture says in His presence is fullness of joy. So he says that right now we're the children of God, but uh, we don't know it's not yet appeared what we will be. We don't, we don't know what the future will be like for us. But here's what we do know. We know, he says, that when he appears, we will be like him, that is Christ, because we'll see him just as he is. We may not know exactly what we'll be like, but we know that in character we'll be like Christ, conformed to his image perfectly. As I said before, we will be as perfectly like Christ as we can be without being deity, whatever that may entail. And then verse 3. Now that's a fact. That's the way it's going to be. But, but now John says, here's what ought to motivate you then. Knowing this is true, he says, and everyone who has this hope fixed on him, this hope of what? Seeing him, being like him, ultimately purifies himself just as he, meaning Christ, is pure. Someday, when we see Jesus Christ, we'll be transformed into the likeness of his perfect character. But even now, while we continue to struggle with our sin, and, and it is a struggle at times, we can become more and more like him, conformed to his image. How? By fixing our hope on his return. Just knowing that you're going to see the Lord Jesus, just knowing that, 
And as Paul and, and Peter tell us, stand before him, just knowing that you're going to stand before him, and as John tells us, be changed by him, it ought to motivate us to let him change us now. See, prophecy is important. It is, it is never, and, and, and in Christendom, and amongst true Bible-believing evangelical Christians, there are differences of, of uh, how we interpret the prophetic scriptures. And we never make that a basis for fellowship. Never should that be the basis for fellowship. But it is important what we believe about the future. It is important because what you believe about the future affects the way you live today. And that's what John is saying. That's what John is saying. I remember reading the story of when President Dwight Eisenhower was visiting a city, I believe it was Denver, years ago, when he heard about a little boy named Paul Haley who uh, had terminal cancer. And uh, President Eisenhower decided out of compassion and sympathy that he would, uh, he would visit that little boy unannounced. Nobody knew about it. And so the presidential limousine drove up to uh, Paul Haley's house, and, and the president got out, accompanied, of course, by his aides, and, and he went to, up to the door, and the president knocked on the door. And it was Paul's father who answered the door. Now, realize, he didn't know who was on the other side of the door. But I can tell you, he was not expecting the president of the United States. His face was unshaven. His hair was uncombed. He was wearing old pants, a dirty T-shirt, and bare feet. And that day, obviously, he invited the president in. And that day, President Eisenhower visited Paul. They spent about 20 minutes together. And uh, the president gave him a gift. He, he lifted him up. He, uh, he took him in his arms. He brought him outside to see the presidential limousine, even had him sit in it, and then brought him back into the house. And as I said, the, the whole visit took about 20 minutes. But the entire neighborhood and blocks uh, were so excited, they obviously knew something was, was happening. It wasn't every day that the, uh, a limousine like this visited or came to that neighborhood. And they all gathered. Everybody was thrilled and excited. That is everybody except Mr. Haley. Because all this man could think about was that he greeted the President of the United States with an unshaven face, uncombed hair, old pants, dirty T-shirt, and bare feet. Well, you know what? Someday we're going to personally greet Jesus Christ. And it will not be our outward clothing that really matters. God is not concerned about the outward clothing, but what will matter is our inward character and our testimony for him. That's what will count. That's what will be important. And so in light of what the future uh, holds for us, this coming world of righteousness and standing before Jesus Christ at, the, at his Bema seat, that ought to motivate us to be different. And so I, I, I turn back to Second Peter and say, in light of what Peter is saying, that we need to be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless, you need to examine your life. How spotless and blameless are you? Peter is speaking of the personal purity, is what he's talking about. Is there purity of speech in your life? And by that, I mean, are, are you saying those things that... Uh, You'd be embarrassed to stay in the presence of Christ. Is there a vulgarity coming out of your mouth? Ought not to be. And I have news for you. You're in the presence of Christ now, but uh, we don't see that. Well, maybe, uh, maybe foul language is not something you struggle with, but do you complain? Do you gripe? Are you negative? Are you always critical? That's the kind of stuff you need to change 
Bible speaks of our speech to be edifying and godly and proper and concerned about others and not self-centered. How about, uh, how about your thought life? What, uh, what kind of purity is there? What are the things you think about? Especially, I say this to the men. What are the kind of things that you read? What do you watch on television? What are you seeing in the movies? In the spare moments, what are you thinking about? What about morality? Is there purity there? All these things, all these things. Are you spotless in, the term, in terms of your character? As God convicts you, do you actually make changes in your life? Or do you hear the word and, and just, uh, just listen to it and go away from it? It's where Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Are, are you growing each day as you read the word of God, you apply the word to your life and, and you're making changes? That's what spotless character is about. How about blameless, your testimony? To those you work with, know that you're a Christian by your work ethic, by your integrity by the way you handle your finances, by your business ethics, all, all of these things, your testimony, or do they believe that you're a hypocrite? By your moral purity, by your marriage, by the way you raise your children, your testimony to a lost world, do you reflect Jesus Christ? That's what Peter is talking about. It, it's those kinds of things that we need to apply. And he's talking in general here about spotless and, and blameless, but it's up to us to apply it to our lives and say, I need to make sure that this area is changed. And I need to make sure that my testimony is right here. Appearance is very important as far as your testimony is concerned. And when those things are being dealt with and confessed and, and conformed to what the word of God says, then you can have peace in standing before him. You don't have to be nervous. You don't have to think, I will be so embarrassed to stand before Christ. Not only that, but you may, uh, if your life has been a, a total uh, shame to him as a believer, then you may indeed have no rewards. And you know what rewards are in Scripture? I'll just give you a little taste of, of what we'll study in 2 Corinthians. Rewards in Scripture are, are, are uh going to come out based on your work in the kingdom of God, your usefulness to the Lord. How God is going to use you in all eternity, we're not sitting on clouds playing musical instruments. We're going to be active and busy and serving the Lord, and I don't understand exactly how that will all issue out, but Scripture speaks of responsibilities in the kingdom and eternity. That's why Jesus said, he who is first will be last in the kingdom. He who is last now is a very lowly, humble job that nobody cares about. He'll be first. He'll have a great deal of responsibility. So don't think, well, I don't, I don't care about a reward because it will just be a crown that I'll give back anyway. No, it'll be service for him for all of eternity. So rewards are important. And you ought to care about how you live today so as not to be ashamed not to be embarrassed, but to have a clear conscience that you have lived for Jesus Christ. So how should we live? Our lives should be characterized, Peter tells us, by expectancy. Are you looking forward to this wonderful world coming? Godly activity. Are you active? Are you sharing your faith? Are you involved in this wonderful enterprise called world missions? Personal purity. Are you living a pure, godly life? Or is there anything different about your life than your unsaved neighbor's life? 
Knowing all the facts of prophecy isn't any use to us unless we know God wants us to respond. Pastor Steve just gave us three ways, and he'll be right back with the fourth after we pause to welcome those who have just tuned in. We're glad you can join us. You're listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been leading us in a series of studies about the return of Christ. We have been focusing on 2 Peter chapter 3. Today's class is the conclusion of that series of lessons. It's the final part of a three-part message and the sixth message in the study. Let's return to class now. Pastor Steve just told us three things that ought to characterize our lives in response to the knowledge of Christ's return. Expectancy, godly activity, and personal purity. Here is Pastor Steve with the fourth. Fourthly, our lives should be characterized by an understanding of God's patience. An understanding. Notice verse 15. I'm not going to read the whole thing, just the beginning. Peter says, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. That's an interesting phrase. Basically, the statement by Peter is a repeat of what he wrote in verse 9. So let's look at verse 9. Verse 9 says, the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any, meaning any of you, to perish, but for all, meaning all of you, to come to repentance. Now, in verse 9, what Peter was referring to and explaining was that believers, he was telling the believers why Jesus has not returned yet. They were getting discouraged. They were, uh, some of them were questioning why he hadn't come back and was he slow and was he delaying and, and why hadn't he returned when they were having so much persecution and problems. And Peter is saying it, it has nothing to do with slackness. It has nothing to do with being lackadaisical. God has not returned. Christ has not returned because he is patiently waiting for all the elect to come to faith. He's waiting for the elect to come to repentance for salvation Peter wanted them to understand that why Christ was delaying. It was because of his incredible, infinite mercy and patience. Now in verse 15, he basically repeats this truth. But why does he repeat it? He repeats it in order to drive it home to them that while they wait for his return, they need to think differently. They need to understand. And that's what he means by the word regards or account. That means to think. This is how we should think that God's patience is giving people the opportunity to be saved. In other words, God wants us to correctly interpret his delay. Not like the false teachers who interpret his failure to return as expected as proof that such a hope is a delusion. God is concerned that while we wait for him, we think properly about him. That we understand. And, and this is a good word for us because some of us get discouraged. Some of us uh, have somewhat lost hope. You know, we've heard so much about Christ's return that we're not really excited about it. And we just sort of think, well, it'll happen someday, but um, that's, that's so far off. I don't. No, no, no. We are to remember that it is a reality. It is a reality. Jesus could come back at any time, but he has chosen not to come back yet to give us the opportunity to be saved. Understand that that his delay reveals his patience, his mercy. It ought to evoke praise from you and, and thankfulness to God, not a questioning of why do I have to go through this? 
Think about somebody other than yourself. You're going through this and not translated to heaven right away because God is being patient to save other people, the elect. So you and I are to understand what God is doing today. So we don't think improperly of him, that we never have a, a, a concern like that. And, and that and that prophecy doesn't become a major debate issue, but it becomes an opportunity to marvel at his patience, his grace, his incredible kindness and in waiting for the elect to be saved. So Peter wants us to think properly about our Lord and understand that while we wait for his return, you know what he's doing? He's calling out a people for his name. His sheep will hear his voice and they will respond and follow him. That's what Jesus said in John 10. My sheep, they hear my voice, meaning the elect, and they do follow. They do come to me. Have you ever responded to his voice? Have you ever responded to the shepherd as he's called your name to come to him for salvation? As he's open, I'm not talking about hearing anything audibly, but as you, as you read the scriptures and you understand that you're a sinner, and you're lost without Christ. But, but Jesus was not only the, the shepherd, he was also sheep. As the lamb, he allowed sinful man to put him on the cross to die in our place, to die in your place. And when you see that and God opens your heart, you come to him for salvation. You turn from your sin and you turn to him, and that's hearing his voice. That's what God is doing with you, with others. But if you have never, ever responded to him, and I know that there are people who, who come to Lakeside and sit under the sound of the, the gospel each week and have never really come to him. Today should be the day of your salvation. Today should be the day that, uh, that you respond to the voice of the shepherd. Let's bow in his presence. I want us to think about what we've learned today. I want us to consider what God would have us do. This is not the time that we close the service. In fact, this is a critical part of the service. So don't turn your mind off and, and uh, just feel, well, I have to leave quickly. But as we're quiet before him, everyone is still in his presence. What kind of people should we be as we await this judgment of fire, this world to come? We should be an expectant people. Are you? Are you an expectant individual? Do you look forward to a better world? Or are you too attached to this world that you don't want it to end? You're very comfortable. You like it. It's the good life. We need to be an expectant people. You need to let go of those things. You need to have an attitude of looking forward to a better world. You need to think about a, a new world. What kind of people should we be? We should be an active people. Are you active? Are you an active individual in sharing the gospel? Do you, do you look for opportunities to witness for Christ? Do you pray for the lost to be saved? Do you make it a point to understand more about missions? You ought to be a part of that. That's how you learn about missions. That's how you know to pray more intelligently. What kind of people should we be? We should be a pure people. Are you pure? What changes do you need to make? Where do you need to apply the word to your life? It is God who works in you, both to will and do of his good pleasure. He'll give you the strength, but you need to make the effort. Do you have a good testimony for Christ? Fellow workers, neighbors, relatives, what kind of testimony? Are you blameless before them? Or do they look at you and say, hypocrite? I would never come to Christ because of the way that person behaves. That needs to change.
you may need to go back to them and ask their forgiveness for the way you've behaved. What kind of people should we be? An understanding people. A people who understand theologically what God is doing today. He's waiting because he's so patient, merciful. And that ought to evoke praise from us. I'll give you a few moments to think about this and speak to the Lord and let him deal with you. But I also say, if you've never trusted Christ, you need to respond to the shepherd today. You, you are sheep going astray. His sheep hear his voice and they'll respond. I'll give you a few moments to talk to the Lord privately and then we'll close. Father, someday we know that our lives are going to be laid bare before Christ. And every, even as Jesus said, every word that has been uttered, uttered in silent will be shouted from the rooftops. Every thought we've had. Lord, for many, that's, that's very scary. And I, um, I pray that beginning today, they'll make adjustments, changes, that all of us will, Lord that as we move out from here into our own mission field, that we will live differently, that we will be spotless and blameless, that we'll be sensitive to our, for our testimonies, that we'll give no cause for anyone to be offended at the gospel, no cause for anyone to blaspheme your name because of our behavior. Lord, may we be pure with our our integrity, our ethics, marriages, thought life, the way we deal with people, our speech, all these things, Lord. I, I, I pray for each one as you've laid us bare before you this morning to deal with us, Lord. Lord, I pray as Peter has asked what kind of people should we be, and he's answered, I pray that you'll help us to obey what we've learned these last few weeks, and especially today. And I pray for that person who may never have trusted Christ, that they'll hear the voice of the shepherd, and that they'll put aside all of their doubts and all of their problems, so-called problems with the gospel, and they'll realize that um, someday those will mean absolutely nothing. The only thing that'll count is whether they have trusted you for salvation. And I pray this in Jesus' name. I hope this series of studies about the return of Christ has been helpful. Perhaps it's even been life-changing. The fact that Jesus will return and that we don't know how soon it will be, maybe even today, should have great influence on our attitudes and actions. We should be living lives that are expectant, active in God's work, morally pure, and knowledgeable about God's expectations for our behavior and plans for our future. If you're still considering the claims of Christ, I would encourage you not to delay in making your decision. Thank you for listening to Verse by Verse, a daily radio Bible class led by Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been serving there since 1981, and now Verse by Verse Ministries makes his messages available to you through this fine radio station, as well as at the website I'll tell you about in just a few seconds. Verse by Verse Ministries is a faith ministry made possible by the prayers and gifts of interested listeners who have first been faithful to their own local church. Our website is versebyverseradio.org. 
If you would like to listen again to today's class or catch up on any previous ones, that is the place to go. At the website, you'll find more information about Pastor Steve and Verse by Verse Ministries. You will also find a means to sign up for our free podcasting service as well as our complimentary newsletter. The web address again is versebyverseradio.org. Today's lesson was the third part of a three-part message. Now, sometimes it's helpful to hear a message all the way through in one sitting. If you would like to do that, call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours so that you can order an audio CD. The number again, 727-441-1714. Today's class concludes our series on the return of Christ. We hope you'll join Pastor Steve for the next Verse by Verse and the beginning of a new series of lessons. We are here to give you strength between